for my peoples one time. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You are now rocking with the best. I think I'll throw something new in there every, right? <laughs> yeah. Or at least so one of the best. Every episode. Okay. Not um, the best. Rocking yeah. with the best. I like that. That's nice. We got a new thing for a new year. So you're rocking with the best. This is Across the Intersection podcast. It has been a new year for six months. I just wanted to say that. But go ahead. Well, it's a new year for us because we now in a, uh, we've completed one full year of podcast. So we are. We are officially no longer newbies in the in the podcast game. But hmm. this is AJ. I'm in here with the full cast of characters. I got Eve, Avery, and oh, Dan's oh, in the building. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Don't be saying that What's name. Say diff- this is uh, this is Bob. What's, what's up, Dan? This Avery, is Bob. Avery known as Bob. Okay. Okay. Oh, you gotta put my name out. Come on now. All right. All right this is AJ, <laughs> Eve, Mr. Smith. Ah, oh, come on now. What? That's completely. Ambiguous. Don't, don't be throwing there's, out both names, bro. There's like a million Mr. Smith. I know. Right? Facts, I was going to say. Facts, by facts, the way, facts, I was man. I was looking at the list recently, and Smith is still the second most popular name, last name in the United States of I mean, America. What's the it's most like popular. I think it's it's uh, Johnson, Johnson or something. Yeah. It's just amazing. Yeah, bro. Smith had a lot of slaves. You good, man? You good? <laughs> I'm just playing. <laughs> All right, let's not let's not get on a tangent here. But um, as always, you can ingest our wonderful <laughs> podcast on uh, Apple Podcasts. On iTunes, um, Google Play, and apparently Google rolled out a brand new podcast app with no fanfare. Yeah. That's classic Google. But there's now Google Podcasts. Yeah, I just so, uploaded that thing, and it's going to be great because I get to use Google Play just for my music and all right. my playlists. And now I'll just use uh, exactly. Google Podcasts specifically for all my favorite podcasts, so, including this one. So for all of my Android people, um, if you go download Google, go download, download. download um, Google Podcast. It, it has a dope interface. I just downloaded a couple of days ago. It's a really dope interface, and it's strictly dedicated to uh, podcasts. Um, and we're also on Stitcher, um, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So yeah. please holler at your peoples. Um, yeah. You can always hit us up on social media. Uh, we are on Twitter at Across This One and Across the Intersection on the Book of Faces. Oh, speaking of which, there is a recent debate on our Facebook uh, yeah. Facebook Uh-oh. page. Uh, so you know, it's it's, yeah, go, it's really happened. So just yeah, go, go over go, there go, and, go and get involved. Oh I, goodness! I had to I had to nip some stuff in the bud late what? last night. Yeah, it was, it was kind of getting out of control. What? Man. Oh man! Yeah, it was kind of getting out of I'm hand. I'm not on the book of faces. So, yeah, you got to go. And, gotta, and, gotta um, remind y'all every now and then. Yeah, and um, as always, if you want to hit us up individually, I'm on Twitter at Divinimus D I V E N O M O U S. As well as Facebook. Yeah, for me it's E to the V to the on Twitter. And for me, uh, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter handle. I, I don't have Twitter. You can uh, <laughs> check, check out my blog, Diary of a Redeem Center at WordPress.com, and actually just put up a new blog yesterday. So check it All out. All right. Okay. Plug, plug, plug. Look at that. Look at that. So you're doing your promo. This is your promo rounds, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You're doing this book tour here. Yeah. And um, we uh, again, we're about a week away from a big announcement. We, like Uh-oh. I said, we're, we're launching a website. Uh, we're making the last couple of fine tunes. So hopefully by the next episode, we can give you guys a nice web address to go to. Check us out and look at all our dope stuff. So, um, And oh, don't want to forget, if you are on that Apple platform, please give us all five of those stars. Uh-oh. We want to get those stars up off you, so please subscribe on all the, on all the platforms. But 
you want Apple, please give us five stars. That would, mm. We would greatly appreciate it. So, we've been chopping it up, chopping it up, chopping. By the way, um, Luke Cage season two just dropped last yeah. night. Yeah, so look, let me tell you something. Now. Luke uh, Cage. Ooh, let me. Oh, wait, let me just say something real quick because this is real quick. So, I watched the first episode. <laughs> Oh, oh, part I of watched the, like half of the yeah, first episode. Yeah, part of the yeah. first episode. I think Luke Cage is rising to the top of my favorites because the dude was walking around in this 1990s era African-American college I alliance saw that. shirt. I saw that. He, a lot a of people don't even remember that from the 90s. I Back gave them a shout out on Twitter when I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That Remember was the sweet. old African-American college alliance joint yeah. from the early Basically, 90s? Yeah, that, that was like a whole uh, sort of series clothing of shirts line, yeah. and clothing yeah, line yeah, clothing that line. promote you know, HBCUs. And I didn't go I to HBCUs. So. See, these, these folks don't care about HBCUs. Nah, he, everyone don't care about HBCUs. Oh, oh. underway, you went for undergrad. <laughs> Why are you putting all my business out there? I this is Bob. This is Bob. This is Bob. Can we well, can we keep it moving? Here we have Hampton represented and Bowie State represented <laughs> and right. UMES represented. You know, but anyway, so, so keep it moving. That That's just Bowie. Damn, you ain't go to Bowie. Yeah, you went to Bowie for for grad school. Yeah. Hey, he didn't need the size, all right? Uh, he didn't need the size. My bad, my he bad. made his point. Okay. But anyway, you just wanted to throw that out there. Shout out to uh, Marvel and, and Luke Cage. Okay. So, you know, okay. Marvel, Marvel's deep in black America's pockets, man. They just, whatever they- I think like, they know too much. I think they you know need, too much. Whatever you need, they, 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 they got it. So, speaking of, um, all right, forget the segue. We're just going to go <laughs> talk what we're talking about. So, we, we uh, spent, you know, a, a lot of time last week chopping up about the LGBT queasy. And uh, we want to continue that conversation. So, sexuality, you know, right? Yeah, all all of the above. Yeah, well, all those things, like I said, fit into the 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 house of pansexuality. All those Definitely. things, because oh, yeah. pan means many, pan means all. There's also a god called pan. Well, when and, the question is pan, the answer is always all of the above. So yeah, there you the go, above. there you go. Those are all rooms in the house. LGBTQIA, and people still do construction. There you go. And so, so we, on a podcast that is really talking to people. Who are Christians or who are people of faith, but mm. then are believers the, in the way? Yeah, believers in the way, mm. etc. That are starting to question their allegiance to that mm-hmm. belief system in light of what's going on culturally. Why are we talking about LBG, LB, the L? Why are we talking mm. about the pansexual movement? Well, I mean, what we talked about last week, you know, we we and we encourage you guys to go back and listen to last week's episode. We actually did one last week, so it's. A, this is, I don't know, novel for us to be doing it back-to-back weeks. But, you know, how it it existed in antiquity, right? You know, a lot of times people have the misconception that this is a modern phenomenon. And so we went back to antiquity, not just Bible stuff, but we went back to Greco-Roman culture. And you can go back even further than that, you know, where the Bible even references how it was part of Egyptian culture and how it was part of the culture of the peoples of Canaan. So Yeah, land of Cush. Yeah, so yeah. there there was the the, the existence of this behavior as far back in human history as you want to go. Um and so but what we we also talked about was the that recent um court case. So I wanted to give Dan since Dan's in the building this week. You know, he's he's making his quarterly appearance with us. <laughs> uh. We wanted to give Dan a chance. So Dan, what did you think when you saw that court case? Um, the the one that just went to the Supreme masterpiece Court. cake shop yeah. joint versus the two gentlemen who wanted to get the figurine cake. All right, well, you know, I, I agree with the the final ruling um, that uh, you know went to the Supreme Court case, but uh, prior to that, uh, just to 
you know, recap, yeah, you have, um, you know, a gay couple wanting to get a, a wedding cake uh, from a baker uh, uh, who was Christian, and that Christian baker refused to to make that cake. So my my thought is, why did they not just go to another baker? And why did they, you know, take this baker to court because he didn't want to, you know, make that cake uh to them, you know, it would it would be one thing to me if that was the only baker in a hundred miles or something, but it seemed they wanted to make a, a point. They were upset because, you know, this uh, Christian baker was holding to his his values, which you know he doesn't agree with gay marriage, and you know I also agree with the viewpoint of. Um, kind of the the cake being an artistic expression that's kind of what helped him out with the with the case as far as coming from that argument that this is an artistic expression this is not just uh, a, a service that is provided equally but this is he's you know designing a cake uh, based on this and I'm I'm not sure all the details as far as what they wanted on the cake. I'm sure you know two two men on the cake, but I don't know what else they may have wanted. But uh, it was an artwork that he didn't want to perform. And as an artist, you should have a choice, you know, as far as what what you would want to design based upon your preference. Yeah, it's just interesting though because when you think about what the civil rights workers said. It was similar, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, so, gotta bring civil rights yeah, in. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, that, and that's the way that the, that's usually the angle that, mm-hmm. that's chosen. Right. Yeah. And so I think it's important that we talk about the difference between, um, you know, a, a person back in the 50s or 60s or at any time in American history who would say, it's against my personal beliefs uh, to have the races mixing. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I own this coffee shop, but it's whites only. And if you're Negro or Negra or colored, then you have to come in the back. Negress, don't forget. <laughs> or I have a cloth, I have a clothing shop, and I don't want Negro women to be trying on these hats well, or whatever. Yeah, but it's a, but the but the reason is it's against my beliefs that the race is mixed. Well, and so therefore, why don't you go to another and shop? And here's here's the the issue there. He he would be willing to give them a cake. He was not willing to. Uh, design a cake for a gay wedding so it wasn't discriminatory based on the fact that they are homosexual that he wasn't refusing to give them a cake he was refusing to make a cake based on uh, homosexual marriage so i think that the two comparing uh that situation and and civil rights i don't think that they can be adequately compared good good yeah yeah i I agree that it's not an equivalent and you know we were making jokes about uh our facebook spat you know the other day Um, Uh oh but i mean that's essentially the 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 leap that was being made which is the leap that's always made the leap that's always made the the leap that's always made is oh it's just like blank and it's like nah you just like black what you're not about to do is, is make that leap you know you can talk about something else but this right here i'm gonna take care of this um, so no, I I, I uh, agree with Dan on in in that respect that it's not a it's not an apples to apples comparison. Um, yeah, you know, persecution and oppression are you know yeah. maybe similar, but it's not an apples to apples uh, yeah. comparison. And, and you know, you have to be able to think in nuance. You can't think in a binary way, a bi- a binary, easy, tweetable, like. 
dislike way. But that's the problem. That's yes. the way propaganda works. Oh, propaganda, yeah. propaganda assumes that you have masses of people who are not thinking critically. That is correct. And right. all you have to do is throw up a few um, or juxtapose things falsely or just mm-hmm. throw up a few lines of, you know, of, of argument mm-hmm. and then people will bite one way or the other mm-hmm. and it will be binary because people will choose one or the mm-hmm. other. With that as a segue into what we're talking about today, you know, one of the things that I think is a misconception by a lot of people is the notion that this, you know, the the current iteration in terms of the mindset um, happened organically, that it was just kind of people just discovering themselves. Okay, and that's a lie. Exactly. That's that's the lie, I think, that is being perpetuated. In like In addition to the perverse behavior itself, and I probably just pissed some people off by even using that word perverse, but you know that's my mo. So, um, without you know, if you take that the the behavior part out, which is a big deal, but it's debatable. So we say, okay, if you don't think it's perverse, but I do, okay, let's put that to the side. The notion that the the behavior or the community was sort of organically developed, right, or just kind of people are in, becoming more enlightened, exactly, and therefore that's why Pro- it's more they're, popular. They're progressive in their thinking, or right. whatever. Progressive to practice sodomy. We we, right. we have to go. <laughs> have I mean, that's basically just that's okay. really yeah, you yeah. know that when you open it's door number two, it's that's... progressive to be able for everybody to have the freedom to do what they want with their own lives. Yes, mm-hmm. according to you know the that particular right. perspective. Mm-hmm. So. What we got to do, you know, so we we started in antiquity last week and, you know, we can go back and listen if you want to Plato's Symposium and a lot of other ancient texts besides the Bible talk about um, this behavior. So let's let let's fast forward a few centuries. Right. So now we're in the the 19th century, the 1800s, the 1800s for the for, for the lay people. Thank you. Mr. Smith is always looking out for the lay people. Um, you have a journalist. Our, our friend Carl Maria Burke Benkirk, excuse me, I'm going to have to pronounce it properly. Carl Maria Benkirk, B-E-N-K-E-R-K, K-E-R-T, excuse me. Um, he's from Vienna, Austria. He's Hungarian. And he's the gentleman who we can credit with coining the terms heterosexual and homosexual. Coined those terms in the 19th century. Now, Mr. Mr. Burkhurt, I'm just going to call him Carl for short. I didn't want to say Carl because people might think Carl Marx, so I'm trying to say Mr. Right, Banker. Yeah. Got it. Um, he had a friend, a very close friend. No need to get into his friend's name, but his friend was actually gay or homosexual or whatever they would have called he practiced it. Practiced sodomy. Yeah, he practiced that behavior um, in the 19th century. And so his backstory is his friend was actually blackmailed, right? Someone found out his friend was of that lifestyle and blackmailed him. I guess he didn't want to get out. And what ended up happening is his friend committed suicide. Um, which is unfortunate. No, no one's you know celebrating suicide, right. but that started Mr. Burkhurt in um, on his journey to sort of investigate that lifestyle, you know, look into it, study it, and he wrote a lot of books or pamphlets, quote unquote. You know, they have micro books now, but I yeah. guess they would have called them pamphlets back right. in the day. Propaganda. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote propaganda. Okay. I'm just going to call them pamphlets, but he he did write some literature in the 19th century after some of his research, um, and because Prussia, which is where the the region in in which he lived, um, they had laws outlaw outlawing right yeah laws outlawing mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me sodomy prohibition yeah there was a thank you there, there, that's a much better <laughs> I was getting tongue tied there was a prohibition uh, against sodomy 
And and Prussia, not Russia. Prussia. Yeah, we're talking early uh, early nineteenth century. So yeah. this is Prussia. And pr- Prussia is a, is an area or region in Europe that predates what we now know as Germany. Mm-hmm. Yep. Germany, Central. Austria. I don't know if it's a, I don't know, Hungary was in there as yeah, well. There but was, yeah, they, mm-hmm. it was kind of a, a, a more of a region. Yes. All right. Um. And so they they had laws. And so in in his first pamphlet, he actually cites the paragraph in the law and I just pulled up an excerpt from his biography it's paragraph 143 of the Prussian penal code I'm going to pause right there alright get, get, get your laughs out you know, know, you know, some people got their mind in the gutter um, and he cites that in his first writing and he begins to write that their law outlaw or as a prohibition against homosexuality or sodomy was an injustice to the rights of man mm-hmm. outlawing that practice or right. that behavior right. was an injustice to so again this notion that not agreeing with a certain lifestyle or behavior and calling that injustice right that's not a new thing no it's not and it wasn't even new when he did that but continue no, I mean, no, yeah. go ahead. I was just saying well, that you know, people it, it, like think it's a new thing, but yeah, it's not. Yeah, no, it's not a new thing because that stuff can, comes from um, secular humanism, libertinism, not, not liber, not, 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 um, well, when people say they're... Well, like a liberal perspective? Yeah, no, not, not, not liberal, not libertarian, mm-hmm. but libertinian, libertinian. And uh, a lot, uh, that area of Prussia, Austria, and the uh, Hungarians... That area is where we get pretty much all modern psychotherapy from. Uh, and it was dispersed across the nations mm-hmm. after World War II, mm-hmm. which many of those uh, brainiacs came to the United States. Were invited, is, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. They, they came to the United States after World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the there are um, a lot of the things in which that we think are like, oh, new and progressive and whatnot. There's been a game plan has been rolled out and there have been people behind the scenes one person named Herbert Mercus uh, who is a student of uh, the Frankfurt School and the Frankfurt School is a is a think tank that's based out of uh, Frankfurt Germany uh, when it originally came about during the 1920s and they put together a, uh, a a thought process or a study called critical theory and it was a way in which um, it was a it was a, 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 a tool or a, mo- a modality of thinking that challenged, that challenged Western thought um, because they didn't like Western thought because they like, so, like quiet, quiet is kept. Um, not all white people think the same or get along. And uh, they actually warred against each other. And uh, so these Hungarians, um, they had their way of attacking English rule and the English empire, and, okay. and they did not agree with the cultural practices of the English empire. Um, they wanted to be able to, to to do what they wanted or do what thou wilt. And that in, in, in this, and was, to make it relevant to this conversation, uh, they, um, wanted to, they wanted to practice uh, a sexual expression any any way that they wanted to and they felt like they were um, under under a particular oppression uh, from the English Empire and so uh, and, their, and, their, and their customs so they put out this thing called critical theory critical theory and then from critical theory critical theory at uh, after about 20 years or so after World War two the uh, it they these people when they came to the United States and they came to um, 
they came to the United States, they came to Canada, they, came, they went to uh, Mexico and South America, Central and South America, but they were uh, stationed in colleges. They were stationed in colleges, um, a, a certain wave of them were stationed in colleges here in the United States to include the University of Chicago, to include Columbia University, and they began to become, uh, they were, they were fast-tracked to be doctors, um, and they were able to be PhDs, even though they didn't necessarily go through the rigorous training. And a lot of that had to do with having sympathy with the fact that they were um, uh, uh, experienced the war and, and all those, uh, World War II and all those things. And they uh, had these cultural Marxist uh, thoughts um, or critical theory thoughts. And they, they instituted curricula in college campuses, and these curricula is what we now know as gender studies, as queer studies, as black studies, and Africana and studies. that right Envi there is the yeah. challenge for me. Environmentalism. Hey, it's a challenge for all well, of us. You know, because, yeah. because the thing is, is that when it comes to critical theory, yeah. we can you know say that it, it comes from that particular stance, mm -hmm. but when it comes to black studies and ethnic studies, yes. there are certain things that I fully agree with, and with that, respect to critical theory. But let's not get ahead strategy. of ourselves, because all, all that is 20th century. Right, yeah. that's all 20th century. So he was bringing us up right. in history, that, but yeah, like, like you know, the, the notion, yeah, and, I, was, and, and, I was trying and, to place them in Austria and Prussia and where that comes from. No, I got you, yeah, yeah, but like, like a lot of sciences and even mm -hmm. social science, social science, yeah. we, we stand yeah. on the shoulders of those who come before, right? Yeah. And so, in 18, in 1869, Mr. Bernkert, in, in one of his writings, actually coins the term homosexuality and he coins the term heterosexuality. And he actually used it. He he used the terms before he wrote that book in 1869. Um, he was starting to use the terminology in like private correspondence when he would write letters to you know in his personal life. He was starting to use the terms, and so other authors of his day were adopted it. Yeah, were starting to adopt it. And so he actually got him invited, or you know, by another author, Gustav Jaeger. Uh, Jaeger. Uh. Um, in his book entitled Discovery of the Soul to write a chapter on homosexuality mm -hmm. um, wow. in, in 1880. You know, so again, these things go way, way back. So I know, Eve, you, you were talking earlier about researcher bias. And so when, yeah. when you have people in the 20th century who are invited to speak and yes. write, they're using research from 18th, 19th centuries that already had implicit bias in it. Yeah, I know that when I took uh, grad level... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I, just in taking grad level research methods courses, if you are writing a paper or a dissertation or a thesis, uh, everything that you do has to be based on prior research. That's the way it works. You go back to the earliest uh, sort of source that can help to validate what it is that you're uh, researching in the thesis that you've come up with. And you might not go back to the 1800s, but you'll go back pretty far. And the challenge is that you will go back to times in which researcher bias wasn't even a part of a peer-reviewed article. Right. So uh, there's going to be researcher bias. Everybody comes from a particular context, right? Uh, so just as in, for in education, for example, from my perspective, I come from a middle-class African-American urban um, environment just where I grew up. And it wasn't until grad school that I realized that I don't understand um, a poverty-stricken African-American urban context. I don't understand that. I don't understand a rural um, African, you know, so, and then when it comes to larger society, white society, there's so many other ones that I just don't get, but I was most surprised by my bias within my own culture because I come from a specific type 
of African-American context. I don't know about the upper crust from experience and I don't know about the poverty stricken. So when I would come into the classroom, if I had not, if I didn't have really good professors in my grad program who helped to bring that bias out, when I got into the classroom, I wouldn't have known anything about it and I would have held the students to a standard that I had normalized. And this is not a high or low standard, it's just a standard just based a standard, on my bias. Right. And then I would have been like, well, why don't, what, you know, what do you mean your, your father didn't teach you X, Y? Well, well, because my father wasn't there. But, you know, for me, my father and mother were there and there's a certain type of nuclear family that I grew up in. Right. And that was normalized. That's another podcast. But if I go that. to a different environment and somebody says, yeah, you know, I don't know X, Y, Z. And I'm like, well, your father, you know, my, in my mind, I'm thinking your father didn't teach you right. that. So my point is that. Uh, it, that didn't make any. That wouldn't make any sense to me. So my point is that when it comes to researcher bias, every researcher comes from a context. The problem is, prior to a certain time, I think it was about thirty or so years ago, they did not write those uh, researcher biases into their peer-reviewed uh, journal articles or any of their publications, so that the reader could actually remember all of those things and take those into account when looking at the, the research results. That's yeah. really good. So the, that's the authoritarian one issue. voice. There's also an yeah. issue regarding statistical um, fallacies. So uh, we're going to get into some of that a little bit later, but there's some researchers who, especially back in the day, before, uh, before these types of things were known or expressed, who would reach conclusions about an entire national culture based on a specific type of research subject. Right. So you're only re uh, only getting surveys and interviews from college students and you're re reaching a conclusion about an entire population. Exactly. No, you're that's, only that's doing, you know, their college students are in a particular developmental stage of life, more experimental, you know, X, Y, Z. The teenagers. Yeah, but you're reaching a conclusion about a whole society based on that. So there are a lot of things regarding research uh, and fallacies within that that they did for the majority of the research that we base our current research on now that they didn't even know about at the time. Yeah, I th and I think that goes back to what the point AJ was making at the beginning of us. I believe it was AJ about critical thinking. When I'll take the credit uh, for that. Oh, okay, it well, it's a, it's a, yeah, critical but, thought. <laughs> but critical critical thought when it comes to these things, not not really just you know, kind of because you kind of stuff is just put out there. I mean, just as it was put out there, it's even put out more now, and we just we just accept it without thinking critically about these things no like you know uh so-and-so did a research and this was found oftentimes when i look at when like a research article or is presented in the news they'll often highlight one part of of the finding with and you and people will go based off of that that'll be like the headline but when you research it differently it's not really saying that at all yeah. but people don't take the time to to read and, and research and and think critically anymore so it's all about the headlines and that's that's what grabs people especially in the social media age um so we really need to yeah we really need to sharpen our critical thinking skills as as believers as people in general and we got to we got to look back, you know, and I think to sort of uh, circle back here to the beginning, you know, the um, my man, Mr. Bernhardt here, he created those terms. Um, another excerpt from one of his writings. He uh, created the terms homosexual, 
and heterosexual, but pr- primarily homosexual, um, because he created a system for classif- classifying sexual types. And the reason that he created the term homosexual, it was actually to replace normal terms of that time, sodomite and pederast. Those were two normal terms. So people who were in who were practicing that behavior, they would have been referred to as a pederast if it was young, you know, old and young, or just a sodomite if they were, I guess, same age. So do you Which, think his friend's suicide caused him to say, "Oh man, yeah. we need to we need to normalize this because look at what happened to my friend exactly. who yeah. felt well, repressed and uh, oppressed because of his uh, sexual behavior." Yeah. And if you look at this guy's diary, so he, he he wrote a diary, you know, as he was doing his research, and it was you know later discovered in his diary that he had a long string of encounters with youths. He notes, you know, young young lads in which. Young lads in in which he had encounters. Young lads, of course, you remember this is nineteenth century. You know, <laughs> young boys um, that he was quote unquote in love with, right? Um, so my, my my whole point in bringing these up is not the again not the behavior. You want to practice your behavior, practice your behavior. But people, like Dan just said, you know, people need to critically analyze these things because what is taking place is not the behavior. It is the normalizing of that behavior. It is the changing, like he said, the changing of standards, the changing of boundaries. You know, there was a time you practiced that behavior. Hey, you're sodomite, you're this, you're that. Practice your behavior. Now it's no, that behavior is normal. Let's move the goalposts. Let's change the boundary lines. Let's change those restrictions. And we just have to be mindful and we have to be watchful for what's happening now. So we're back. So as as we've been talking about, you know, just the normalizing of, you know, certain types of behavior that would have been at one point essentially looked at as extremist. Right. And now it's looked at as normal. Again, that's what we're talking about here. And the intent of the people who started us on that train. You know, this is not something that was a natural or organic thing. These people had a particular intent. Real people. To, yeah, that's real really people Im- who existed to push society mm, yeah. in a particular direction. But that's direction. really important because when you are a part of society, if you don't realize that this was deliberate, uh, that your mind and your consciousness and your perspective was being deliberately adjusted and manipulated, then you just think it's normal. So yes. when it comes to some of the things right now that people consider normal and that they're actually fighting in the streets for, back in the late 90s, if somebody had even mentioned some of those things, that person's face would have turned inside out. Yeah. But suddenly now they're considered progressive for fighting for certain behaviors or certain so-called rights. It's the same thing with issues regarding abortion. You know, nowadays Uh-oh. it's like it's a woman's and I'm not trying to change the subject subject. It's just another example it's all connected. where someone will say, OK, well, now, look, this is a woman's right to choose. Of she, course, yeah. we're not talking about the right of the fetus. We're not talking about, you know, the right of the fetus. Everybody was a fetus at one point, And I'm glad that I had rights at that point. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, nobody's talking about that. People are talking about uh, a woman being able to do with her body what she wants without realizing that there's another body there. So, exactly. but, but 75 years ago, if somebody had even mentioned removing, you know, sucking out, you know, doing the things that, that happens in an abortion, 
some of the the the, just the, the um, ancestors of those same people who are currently mm-hmm. saying that that's a woman's right would have been disgusted, you know? So it's really important for people to know as you're living your life in society that the things that you are starting to, or, or that you're seeing as progressive, some of these things were contrived so that you would now see it as a progressive perspective. Mm-hmm. And so speaking of some of the real people who uh, existed, who, you know, who their intent was, you know, had ill intent to push society in a particular direction is uh, one of Mr. Smith's favorite people. <laughs> My favorite person. <laughs> um, you mean Alf? You talking about yeah, Alf? Yeah, yeah, my, my man Alf. Um, <laughs> Mr. Alfred Kinsey. Why don't you let the speaking public know about Mr. Alfred Kinsey? Yeah, I'll do what I can. Alfred Kinsey was a gentleman from New Jersey. I can't remember the exact year he was born. However, he came into prominence in 1948. He came, and, and mind you, think about this, 1948, that's also the same time that World War II was ending. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The first of the baby boomers were born around that time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. World War Two was ending. It ended at in forty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was ending. He and, was born. Uh, it was being... in, uh, he was born in eighteen ninety-four. Okay. So he was born in eighteen ninety-four. Thank you, sir. And uh, he he um, was uh, he came to notoriety because he he wrote a book. He produced a book called the uh, sexual behavior of the human male and sexual behavior of the human female. If you talk to any baby boomers that you know, maybe your parents, um, your aunt, your uncle, and bring it up. They might exact. They might know what this book is. Um, and uh, he, he, w- w- the whole goal behind this book, by the way, it was a New York Times bestseller in 1948. And then four years later, he came out with the sexual behavior of human female, 1952. And that that also was very, 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 very popular. And these books are. Um, they 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 were very critical to the sexual revolution that began in the nineteen began in mass in the nineteen fifties uh, and 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 so what he did was he came he also he came out with uh he founded he founded an institute called the Kinsey Institute which was which was backed by the Rockefeller Foundation. Um, which is a, uh, I, I think it's a nonprofit organization. It's a fund. It's a fund that's provided by um, David Rockefeller, who was the founder and CEO or whatever you want to call him. Basically, he owned a company called Standard Oil. Yeah. And, and just to put that in yeah. perspective, yeah. people need to understand who the Rockefellers were in early 20th century. They mm-hmm. were the Bill Gateses yeah. and the Zuckerbergs of the early, in, in terms of financial sway, yeah. they were those people, you know, the, what's the dude's name? Uh, Berkshire, Berkshire yeah, Hathaway. Uh, Warren Buffett. Yeah, they, you know, they were those people of Bigger. the early 20th. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. to put it in perspective, yeah. when you because when you hear Rockefeller in 2018, it's like, eh, but early 20th century Rockefeller is like Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, Jeff yes. Bezos. Yes. That, yeah. That's that. The yes. Carnegie's, the Rockefellers. Yes. And if, they, if they funded your research, then you, you know, you was good. getting paid. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so, yes. And so, the um, what David Rockefeller wanted. By the to way, do, you can sponsor us anytime. Any of those people. You know. <laughs> what David, what David Rockefeller wanted to do is he wanted to, he wanted to push the world. He wanted to push particular educations in the world that clearly benefited. Um, his financial interest for eons to come, the financial financial interest of his yeah. family. This is on record. Uh, anyway, so he backed the Kinsey Institute, 
And um, the Kinsey Institute is an organization that was founded by um, founded by Alfred Kinsey, and their goal they're, they're based in they're based in Indiana. And this is, I'm and I'm saying something based off of uh, I'm saying something based off of the FBI website. You can go, you can look this up. It's on a .gov. I'm not making this up. The goal of the Kinsey Institute, as stated by one of its employees in the 1950s, is to decriminalize statutory rape. That's the goal. Now, I know you might cringe when I say that and you're like, well, how can you what? What? How you make this connection? Well, this is the this is it right here. His research, what he did was he sampled. You were talking about what, what was that, Eve? You were talking about um, um, bias, research. Well, bias? there's research bias yeah. and then there's statistical, statistical fallacies, statistical fallacies. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. So what his books, what his books did was uh, they provided they surveyed, they surveyed uh, um, um, demographics of the population and they surveyed them about their sexual behavior. So the first book he surveyed men, and so what he what, again not just men, but but he he limited it. Yeah, okay, go ahead. So so he surveyed men, and what and what he did Don't was break this train I know, right? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm on a train right now. <laughs> choo choo. I know. Right. So, <laughs> so he uh, he he surveyed men, and and what what he found in his uh, his scientific approach is that uh, when he when he asked men about I, I think maybe over a thousand men or ten thousand or he said ten thousand something like that he uh, asked them about their sexual history and he took notes and he created charts and he took the statistics he ran the numbers and what he what his book revealed is that um over 85 percent i believe the number actually was eight five over 85 percent of the participants of the survey had or practiced had some kind of uh, sexual deviant thought or um, practiced some kind of uh, 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 deviant sexual expression, and and they did something that was not considered normal during the time of this study, the time of this survey, so 1948 and prior. And so what his argument was was that well, if 85 percent of the men are doing things that are considered illegal because there were laws against the stuff such as sodomy laws um there were laws uh, uh against uh um uh, um uh there were sexual offender laws so that has to do with not only sodomy but it also had to do with uh um child uh molestation there were these laws he said that well if, if over 85 percent of the men are doing this that is considered not normal well i mean wouldn't that actually be normal yeah, yeah. wouldn't it be normal if it's over i mean really like over 50 percent, it would be normal right most of the people doing it that's not deviant and so hmm. that's what his that's what his whole angle was and he, he rinsed and repeated it with uh sexual behavior to human female now the thing is though it was discovered and admitted by the Kinsey Institute later on, not at that time, but later on, it was admitted that he he cooked his books a little bit. Uh, <laughs> That's the statistical fallacy. Yes. Yeah. He, yes. He cooked it is his a, books mm-hmm. a little bit. What do you do, Eve? Well, <laughs> Well, Dan, like. <laughs> yeah, this is not for us to just be nodding and agreeing with each other, but it is important to know that uh, that at that time, it's mostly he was a, he was a college professor. He was in academia. So a lot of his research subjects, the people that he got this information from were either college students, which is a developmental adolescent based on what we know now, right. or there were people related to academia. But either way, the sample 
the sample size wasn't so much the issue, but the types of people well, who would be attracted to and willing to answer such questions. Well, people you would be crossing be, paths with. Well, yeah. and, and, well, and 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 he also interviewed um, convicts. He interviewed people in prison so, in the so state the of results, Chicago, in the state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. So the results were skewed. Yes, you know? the results were skewed. And, he and the, yeah, he interviewed the, people who who practiced, who were arrested. Uh, he interviewed because uh, we all know what convicts was probably doing. Uh, you know? <laughs> no, no, but, yeah, and it wasn't just regular convicts. He 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 interviewed people who were arrested and convicted uh, based off of sexual crimes. And I just oh, wanted no. to specific say specific convicts. Y- yes, oh, okay, yes, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in a, in other words, the. It's it's not a random sample. No. He specifically chose who he was going to take part in his study. That is so, correct. It wasn't yeah, a random so sample. So like when there you know there's a difference between you know, when you have a random sample you're just sampling the whole, you know population in general and then you have you know a specifically chosen sample uh, based on you know he chose people he specifically chose out people who were you know homosexual or who were uh, uh, Exploring, you know, yeah, that he, yeah, they did he, these behaviors. Yeah, most most of the population of the sample were those people. So of course, you know, if if he chooses, yeah, if he chooses the sample based on that rather than random, then yeah, there is the results are going to be extremely skewed to say the and least. And it is up to the researcher to find methods that would bring about more of a random sample. So Not if you, you don't, don't want them just random yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't you want to you want to have motives for answering what you need to have some something in place so yeah. that it's not just certain types of people that would answer yeah. those types of survey questions. Well, this and, is why and, that critical thinking piece is so important cuz I mean all of us went to college, right? So think about what college students are doing. Exploring different sexual experiences. Think about what convicts are doing, specifically convicts arrested for sexually deviant behavior. So you're already going to get a particular skewed result just based on, even before you start the research, you can just look at it and you you know about where you're going to go. And to connect it to to the end goal. The end goal of decriminalizing statutory rape because, again, people are like, whoa, how can that really happen? So, um, the 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 part of a, a, a part of the research from the Kinsey Institute, uh, when they when they analyzed when they analyzed and they did therapy sessions for um, for convicts and convicts people who were arrested and criminalized for sexual offense, uh, there were there were there were people who um, they raped they raped people. So um, Alfred Kinsey. Hit the or the Kinsey Institute, uh, rather there was there was one there was one person that they had interviewed one one convict that they had interviewed in particular that had uh, that had committed child molestation and so what their argument was was that child molestation and I want I want to also say actual rape they said it was more of a they they wrote in their research that this they, they found they're finding. And advocacy was that that was more of a mental issue than it was an actual crime. Uh, and as far as forced as forced rape, when you withhold someone now, as far as statutory rape or child molestation, they said, and again, this is on the FBI website. You can go, you can see, you can look it up. You can Google hustle this. They said his, his yeah, his <laughs> researcher said, his researcher said that when um, they, they said that a sexual act is not harmful. It's loving, 
basically is the derivation of that. It's not a violent act. It doesn't, it's not harmful. It's not harmful to the child. It is an act of, it's, it's sensitive, it's, you know, all those things. And, uh, and so the only way a child can be harmed from the sexual advance of anybody, and obviously anybody that in this case specifically they're talking about um, adults, the only way a child can be harmed, phys- uh, uh, physically affected, um, not physically affected, the only way a child can be uh, harmed is emotionally if the parent makes an issue out of it. If the parent makes an issue out of it in front of the child, the parent has the potential of traumatizing the child when a child is younger. And so that can lead to damaging the child or mentally fracturing the child. I'm Otherwise, the child even would not to this. know. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, the child would not know. I mean, this, this, this makes a kind of sense, right? When the child would not know that it's bad unless the parent, and again, this goes into this goes into um, be, uh, 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 cultures and traditions that are passed down. Unless the the parent makes it a big deal and 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 um, uh, mentally harms the child, and so by making it not accepting, and 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 that so that that that's their goal is to if we can decriminalize or argue against the fact that it's not a crime, then if we can argue if we can argue that statutory rape or ageism. Ageism and um, sexual expression is not a uh, it's not a crime it's not it, it, it's not harmful. Then we can get it decriminalized. And that's, that's what the I goal. think is the sinister part so, of all this yeah. is that what what's going on is that you mentioned AJ that a, a lot of the um, revelation of some of the bias and fallacies going on with the research itself wasn't revealed until later. So you have two. And three um, New York Times bestsellers, and I, I looked at some of the um, the culture of America during the time that these books were released, yeah. and how it was crazy. Everybody was jumping all over this, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. and and so this was something that you know my grandparents were, I think, in their twenties or thirties at this time, and they're they're giving birth to baby boomers. So it's mm-hmm. it's Im- impacting. It's impacting a generation, baby boomers, who were who were born around, right after World War II, who didn't know they were being impacted yeah, because correct. they were one and two and three years old or weren't born yet. And so you're born into an environment that says this is at least something that we're talking about and that we're well, considering. But the sinister thing about it is that it wasn't until after it had t- it put its, its uh, claws into American culture mm-hmm. that a few years later they say, oh yeah, there were some issues with the research. That's but yeah, that's right. after the people have become damage affected. damage is already done at that point. Exactly. Yeah, the damage is already done. It's like, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and beat you up and smack you around and then drive you to the hospital. It's like, well, you know, but the beating that you gave me is still there. Like, I, you know, and it's, that's why, you know, to, to bring this home for people who might listen to our podcast or come across our podcast who might think, what is the point for believers in the most high to even be thinking about stuff like this or discussing things mm-hmm. like this? And it's it's very important to understand that this is why it's so important. I've, I have found as I've walked with the most high is separating the scriptures from the people who say they follow the scriptures. Because if you look at the scriptures in context of when they existed, they speak directly to human behavior. And you know, both of these guys, Carl Bernhardt and Alfred Kinsey, their intent was to normalize perverse human behavior, right? That's essentially what we're talking about. That's correct. You know, we're, we're not talking about 
oh, the, these guys were just trying to do some, you know, some genuine research. They were just scientists who were interested in exploring. They, they, they had a particular end goal, and that end goal is the normalization of what would have been considered perverse human behavior. And when you have people who are educated, right, who are doctors, these guys are doctors and yep. scholars and archaeologists or whatever, when Sociologists they begin to, yeah. above reproach, basically. Exactly. Right? And they begin to put out literature that essentially promotes deviant behavior. What do you think is going to be the result of that? Yeah. People are going to say, oh, well, this guy is a doctor. It must be okay what I'm doing as opposed to have been questioning my behavior and saying, man, I, I shouldn't be practicing this. Then literature is released, right? Yeah. It says, no, no, what you're practicing is actually normal. There's nothing wrong with you. Society is wrong. And everything yeah. in society needs to be changed to yeah. advocate for your behavior. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Like, it's only right, right. natural that people can say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that's how we get to where we are in 20 like it doesn't happen in a vacuum yeah no no it doesn't happen in a vacuum and alfred kinsey didn't have he wasn't just stowed away in some kind of uh social science lab or something exactly along those yeah. lines. alfred kinsey actually dealt with um he, he 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 dealt with what we would what some would call homosexual behavior himself uh yeah, he, he was he hmm? was involved in sexual experiments or he was involved in sexual experiments with his colleagues and mm-hmm. participating in all that, so that's mm-hmm. you know that yes. shows his bias right there. Yes, and that's and that's the thing with people of faith. Those of us who are people of faith who believe that there is a creator and believe that he revealed himself in uh, in, in literature that we call scripture, we need to determine what happens, what we decide to do in a situation in which science is saying one thing. And the scripture is saying right. another. And this example, which predates us, but it speaks to our current situation, is is an occasion in which you're you're here you are, an individual. Science is telling you one thing. We just talked about Kinsey and all the researchers and the science. The scripture is saying something completely different, and we have to decide whether we will what we'll hold to. Well, and, and especially when you find out after the fact that there were holes in the in the, in, in the, the type and, of and, science. And, and and then also to be clear people lift that man up they lift the kinsey institute up to this day and that's where you get you get things like pride month you get the whole lgtb movement member before that glad was very popular in the 90s g-l-a-a-d right and um back in the 70s you had the stonewall riots and you had this uh you had gay liberation and whatnot but but all that stuff modern wise comes from for the mo- for for a big a big contribution of it comes from the Kinsey, Kinsey Institute in the 1950s, and um, to be clear, he came out of the Presbyterian Church. So Alfred Kinsey, he was uh, he was he was a Boy Scout, he was an Eagle Scout. Uh, he got married, uh, but he also would uh, sleep around with men and with women, and he was he was a repressed individual. Yeah, he um, what. Well, you can you can look now and look back and say, okay, well, then maybe this man, um, you know, he he dealt with a lot of things, and he used to punish himself, right? So we have this thing called not we, but there is this thing called penance, right? Penance is when you uh, when you punish yourself physically, yeah. physically based on uh, trying to trying to atone for your sins. It's a Catholic thing, or whatever, but more than just Catholic people do that. Not that all Catholic people do that, but it's a thing. Is what yeah, I'm Muslims, saying. other people do yeah, it as well. Yeah, right. And so what he used to do because of his guilt and because of his shame, I'm bring, I'm trying to bring this home because when you see all this quote-unquote pride month or love is love, uh, when you 
when 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 people say you know I'm born this way and whatnot, that's the, that that stuff is all conjecture. It's all propaganda. It's all marketing. Peel that stuff away and do the research and read things for yourself, and you'll see you 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 will see what we're saying, and, and and go and see whether or not what we're saying is true or false, and you can make your own decisions. So speaking of of going out and doing some research, and you know as as we come around third base here, something that this community you know, things like this that this community will probably stay away from is a research study done by the New Atlantis. Um, it was a study done by two doctors from Johns Hopkins, um, Dr. Lawrence Mayer and Dr. Paul McHugh. They may have also, you know, researcher bias. Everybody but, has know. researcher bias, but again, it's about declaring your bias right. so that the reader of the researcher can, an, can analyze it accordingly. And, you know, what's funny is probably also reader bias as well. But, you know, it's, <laughs> that's a whole other thing. Right. But they came up with a 144-page paper essentially dispelling the notion of born this way. You can go up and look it up online. It, it, it's it's online for you to study. You know, if you want to read 144 pages. But, again, similar to Mr. Kinsey um, and Mr. Bernkert, you know, two in, intelligent gentlemen who essentially refuted the notion of being born this way. And that this is, you know, this practice. They Now, they are biologists. One is a biologist and one is a psychiatrist. Okay, I, so ain't one of them. Isn't one of them a homosexual or something like that? I'm not sure. Uh, I think so. I but can, anyway, I, I can look up their backstory. Yeah. Um, but essentially, they're saying that being gay is a choice. They were saying that it that this, this is learned behavior. After studying, you know, the the bio, the biological side as well as the psychological side, you know, they came to the conclusion that you know homosexuality is a choice because it's human behavior. Um, and the, what what is the point of all that? The again, the the point is twofold in 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 my estimation. One, that human behavior cannot be equated or is not equivalent to physical characteristics. You know, so we have to dispel those two notions. And so one, then if it is human behavior, right, if it's a human behavioral thing, then guess what? The Bible can speak to it. See, because that's the trick. If, if you equate it to physical characteristics, you can't then hit me with the Bible. You can't get me with Bible stuff because, hey, 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 I had no control. I was born like this. Miss me with all that Bible stuff. But you, that's why it's too, you, have, you have to separate the two first. And then when I corner you in the human behavior category, now I can smash you with Bible, right? <laughs> not, not that I want to crush you, but you see what I'm saying? I can, I can hit you with the Bible. The Lord. The Lord can work through. Yeah, the, the Lord can work. I'm, I'm a little like aggressive with mine. Yeah. Like he worked through Aaron. Like he worked through Aaron in uh, Exodus. You know. If 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 we are on the you know if if we are on the the train of normalizing perverse human behavior, right? Then why do I have to be faithful in my marriage? Mm. Why can't I be a polygamist? Mm. Why can't I practice bestiality? Mm. I mean, let's just keep it one hundred. I mean, if you were maybe you were born that way. So, exactly. You know, maybe yeah. I was born this. Maybe I'm not born maybe to be you, faithful. Maybe yeah. you were born with a polygamous gene. Like where's <laughs> right? You know where where is that gay gene? Where is that polygamous gene? I I don't see any research on them finding that gene. Now, it, what, it, it doesn't what, fit with their propaganda. Yeah. What what confuses me is how how can you say that um, you know you're you're born into a particular sexuality that you, you know, are, 
that your sexuality is set, but your gender is fluid. Mm. How interesting! How can well, no, it, they they believe that sexuality is fluid as well. well they, like, they, at, they, at one point in your life, you could be bisexual, and then you can morph into qu- being queer or questioning. But if but and how then asexual? If, if you're if you have a gay gene or you're born that mm. way, so that you know it's a fixed. This, you, yeah, yeah, if you're born so, that way, yeah, that's and, a good question. And if you and you you'll see a lot of rebuke in the gay and lesbian community against people who uh, convert from you know who who are formal former homosexuals or, or lesbians and they'll and now are heterosexual. They'll say they were never really homosexual or lesbian to begin with because if they were they would have stayed that way. So that's a fallacy in argumentation. Either people yeah. are born that way or it's fluid. And if it is fluid, then why are you stressing on somebody changing? Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, so there's argumentation fallacy Again, so there. I mean, when you got propaganda, you got to stick to the message. It's almost like, I mean, you, you see what's going on with, with 45 and his cronies, right? No matter how bad it gets, they got to stick to the message. It's like, yo, I got to stick to the company line. And you're like, you see all that stuff burning down behind you? No, nah, no, nah, I'm sticking with the company line. So I think that's that's what you see here. It's like, yeah, because is it fluid? Right. Then if it's fluid, why can't I just right. move in and out of the drink? Yeah. Why well, I got to come in and stay? Because it's not fluid. Yeah. You're you're making a conscious choice right. to to uh, stay in in a particular uh, lifestyle. AJ, I remember like about a decade ago when a lot of uh, Christians were saying, especially when it came to the way that uh, the notion of gay marriage was being promoted, a lot of Christians were saying, "Well, what's next? What's next? What is the the you know the logical conclusion of all this?" And is it going to be bestiality? What is it going to be? And if a lot of the people in the LGBT community would say, you're taking that too far. I mean, it's not, what are right. you talking about? You're just trying to use the politics of fear. But now pansexuality morphs all of those those different forms of sexual exactly. expression in. And it's proved itself, and it will unfortunately prove itself even further, uh, that the logical conclusion is something that most people living, walking around today don't even want to talk about. And let me, let you know, as we you know slide this thing home, I want to hammer home that point point that you know it is human behavior because it's what is its purpose its purpose is merely pleasure you know we talked about last week how an act can be pleasurable and not and and its intent not be pleasure um the intent of a pansexual is not to procreate to not bring life into the world it is merely to express human pleasure um there's a youtube video of a young lady who is a daughter of two lesbian women and she gives a speech. Now, she's from Australia. Her name is Millie Fontaine. I'm going to post it on the Facebook page. Uh-oh. Um, start some more fire. I'm just, you know, Uh-oh. Shoot off some more shots. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. You need to put some Bam. sound effects in Bam. right there right. when you edit. Right there. Uh-oh. Um, and by me, I probably mean my my uh, assistant here. She's listening. She knows who she Your is. Your consort. Gotcha. Um, but we're going to put it on the Facebook page. But she's essentially talking about how there was a part of her life empty that was empty growing up because she was raised by two women and she did not have a father. And she didn't even realize. Now, this woman is an atheist, by the way. She's not even a Christian. She's saying, I'm not here to prop up any religious. Uh, I'm telling you the results of this kind of lifestyle. I'm yeah. telling you. And she even says this. This is the part of that propaganda that that community does not want to get out. There are children being raised in this environment. She was like, I'm a little girl who was raised by two women and didn't realize it till I saw other girls with their fathers. Oh, that's what I've been missing. This is why I've been feeling so empty. This is why I've been feeling like a part of me has been missing. And it wasn't until I went to school and began to see other little girls' interactions with their father. She's like, oh, snap. 
That's what that's what's wrong with me. That and she would go to her mother's with an S, right? Hey, who's my father? I want to meet him. And they'd be like, Oh, you ain't got no father. That I mean, and this was like a battle for her growing up. Because they would say, Oh no, he died or he's not around, this, that, and the third, putting this notion in her head of like a deadbeat dad, right? Of a dad who abandoned her. As opposed to saying, no, we're two gay women who wanted to take that out of your life and not give you a choice, right? We, we talk about being pro-choice, but you're not really pro-choice because you didn't give that child a choice to have one of the essential components of her life removed from her life. So I'm going to let you having, guys watch having that. a father missing isn't just, you know, somebody saying, oh, men are everything. And if you don't have a man, then you're, then it's missing. No, it took both to make her. So of right. course, when she comes up and she's developing, she needs both, exactly. you know, and even if it's not a biological, there needs to be the male and the female. Well, and, 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 you need both complementary yeah, parts to yeah, make the whole. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would go so far as to say that the biological is very important. Mm -hmm. uh, your biological father cannot be replaced. Yeah. Um, only emulated, but cannot be replaced. And uh, because it is through your biology that you understand what your heredity is. When you look in the mirror and you say, oh, okay, so this is why I had these green eyes, which is what the girl said. Yeah, that's what she said. Yeah, Some of like, her physical characteristics. Yeah. She's like, yeah, I don't even know why I act like this. Exactly. And it wasn't until she met her father, yeah. she exactly. saw it. So again, we, we, we're going to put that up for you guys exactly. to uh, see it, that uh, video. Yeah, it, it's in regard to your health when you go to the doctor. And it's like, okay, DNA so what are, what, yeah, what, what runs in your family? Yeah. Um, well, you have no idea. It's like an X, the unknown, yeah. you know? So, and All right, so we uh, we had a really good chat this week. I think it's been really good. Um, I just want to end off on a This Week in the News. Surprisingly, this week, I don't know, Dan, the, 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 the last couple of times, man, it must be your grace. The, the last couple of times you've been here, I ain't been bashing the church. But this week is actually Target. So Target has come out with... Uh, or they Target? Did, Target. They came out with a... Uh, Last week was Father's Day. Uh -oh. And I don't know if you guys saw the stuff. They came out with a baby's daddy card. Yeah. Happy Father's Day, baby's daddy. And now this is related to what we've been talking about because this is the same target that wanted to Absolutely. do the, the bathroom thing and let men go into the women's room and women going into the men's room. But then here they come with their, because it was their card company, like the one that they own. Um, oh, yeah. talking about the... But, and the one that caters to African-American heritage oh. type stuff. So oh, you talking about Hallmark? No, no, no. It was Target. Target yeah. um, okay. I forget the name of the company, but it's like, you know how all American stores. American Greetings or something, something okay. like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. You know how all stores have their own brand. Yeah. yeah. It was their brand that caters to African-American families or whatever. And mm -hmm. they had to apologize because people were like, are you kidding me with this? Like, happy baby's daddy day? Yeah. Again, we want to make this equivalent that this LGBTQ is equivalent to African Americans and civil rights. But it's like, here you go, Target, the LGBTQ's favorite friend with the bathroom joint. Here they come now, though, coming back on you, right? 
Mr. Miss African American mom and dad saying happy baby's daddy day. Yeah, like, no whoa, respect. No yeah. respect. I yeah. thought that was just like, really? Yeah. Uh, of all the stores, yeah. Target is yeah. the is the one that would come out with that card. So I gotta give Target yeah, they a, you as fodder for yeah. to advance their own and their own uh agendas. Right. Give them like the Charlemagne donkey of the day. Yeah. Thing, so. If I had a if if I had a sound effect, yeah, that's a definitely a something of the yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to extend it. I had something else to say. But anyway. So anyway, we just want to throw that out there. So you you can look that up. But again, this is why I like to kill that myth. That yeah. that that myth that the two are equivalent. So yeah. anyway, we thank you guys for rocking with us this week. We're going to continue this discussion. I, I I think it's been a really good discussion. We thank Dan for coming through. Yeah, yeah. Blessing us with his presence. Um, and we're going to talk about next time how you know why the I think the what the church's interaction is and why some of it's been effective and some has been not so effective. So, as always, we look forward to you guys listening and we work towards keeping God in the mix. Uh, for Eve, Avery, Dan, this is AJ saying peace. Peace out. Later. Well, to he who calls evil good and good evil. It's funny how the media portrays things. Uh-huh. They really pushing hard for this gay thing. And it's so wicked how they manipulate things Can't even disagree without them making it a hate thing really? I say you wrong and you holler hate instantly But you say we the ones who don't tolerate differences uh. There's a whole lot of things I could say really But see your hypocrisy is something I can paint vividly Let's go. Saying it's the way you was born And I'm sure that you lust like I do Just in a different form But I'm married So if I give in to mine, I'm a cheater, cheater? If you give in to yours, you just fight to make it legal Freedom? You rather fight God than fight sin the Bible is alright until it calls what you like sin And I feel so disrespected that you were so desperate You would compare your sexual habits to my skin what? Calling it the new black? Tell me where they do that uh. They hung us like tree ornaments Where were you at? Huh? They burned us for entertainment You go through that? Huh? Moms raped in front of their kids while they shoot dad uh. Ever been murdered just for trying to learn how to read bro? No Show of hands? Uh. I ain't think so So quit comparing the two, it ain't the same fight you can play straight, we can never play white Using black people as pawns for your agenda And these sellout rappers to do whatever you tell them Skirts on stages, campaigning for that black vote Afraid to be black bald, so they play that role You were never oppressed, the devil was a liar The only thing oppressed was your sexual desire Keeping your desires oppressed is so lame to you But when you get married, that's what you expect your mate to do It angers you if I compare you to a pedophile Cause he's sick, right? Really? And you're Better have. Huh? Man, I ain't choose this. You think he chose that? But I was born this. Well, prove he wasn't born that. Uh. But you were never a girl. He was once nine, so at one time in his life, it was just fine. What makes your laws right? I'm not buying it, so put him in that same trash can you threw that Bible in. See how that cycle is? Nobody wants to repent of their evil, so we all try justifying it. And you say it's about rights, but you lying, though. Domestic partnerships gave you rights a long time ago. God created marriage when he did. He defined it, though, so why is it you want what he created? But deny him, though. It's not wicked enough switching the definition. You want it done by a Christian in a church you worship sin really? And that rainbow you using is a gay pride symbol It represents a covenant with God if you didn't know uh. Check Genesis 9-3
13 for the info Homie, the war spiritual You don't know what you in for I ain't saying your sin's worse But it is sin, though The Lord took the punishment for it all on him, though We just gotta repent, though The problem is if you don't call it sin Then you walk as if there's nothing to repent for Let's recap We all wicked and desire sin But imagine a world where no one kept their desires in If something was called right Simply cause we desired it When your right goes against my right Who's right or win? As for being born away I should never see y'all Ever use a word like retard To describe someone who was born a little differently than we are I guess Down syndrome really isn't a thing y'all What do we call your syndrome? Oh, that term is offensive now when it hits home. Oh. So what gives you the right to call the way he was born a defect? Huh? I call yours a defect, you feel it's disrespect. You don't believe in God? Hey, the universe says if we all gay, we either die off or have to do it God's way. And God loves you no matter what you struggle with. At least struggle though, don't just give up and quit. Forget how you were born, we were all born in sin. But Christ died for your sin, you can be born again. We were all born in sin, but Christ died so that we could be